0: Welcome to SpursCast, episode 586. My name is Paul Garcia and I'm your host here on the SpursCast. Today, I'll be joined by Project Spurs founder, Michael DeLeon. In this episode, Mike and I will discuss the latest developments for next season, free agency approaching, and a DeMar DeRozan off-season rumor. Well, it's been a really long time since there's been a SpursCast episode. Mike, how are you doing?
1: Oh, man, I'm doing good. It's it's a lot colder than last time... uh... We did his first cast episode, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I'm ready for like all the holidays like, coming up and stuff like that. And finally ready for some, it, I, I don't know, I, I, go, I go in between back and forth. I'm like, I'm kind of ready for stuff to start, but then I know once it starts, it's not going to stop you know, with, with basketball again. So it's one of those
0: things I'm not sure I'm quite ready, but <laughs> we'll see I, how I'll be go. honest with you, I'm actually not. I mean, I'm excited for, like, the offseason stuff, but I'm not really ready to start basketball again. And the yeah. reason why is because you know that we have Analyzing the League over on Project Spurs uh, Network. So, so Spurs cast listeners, if you all have been to AnalyzingTheLeague.com, you'll know that we covered the whole playoffs, not just the Spurs when they got when they got knocked out in the bubble play, but also all the way up until the finals we had some databases going. So, like, honestly, Mike, like, I was actually getting tired of watching basketball every single day. And, like, you know, those games, was like four games in a day for the playoffs, and then and then finally the finals came. It, it, it was just a lot. I know I know that, I, you know, because of the pandemic we have been waiting for some basketball because it you know we had all those months off but after it came that august to october non-stop covering it i'm kind of like i need like i'm just like i'm just i'm just over any kind of sport i don't watch baseball right now i don't watch any football just nothing i'm just like away from sports right now trying to recharge my brain Uh, and now that we see it and that's why you know there hasn't been a spurs cast episode in almost two months and again we just need that that break uh there hasn't been anything on the spurs is in but now you know the nba is starting to come back and and they're starting to get their 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 plans together for next season as they're coming together so spurs cast that's what we're gonna do here let's go ahead and jump right into this um let's Moving the with the first topic, which is about the latest developments for next season. So a lot of this information comes from ESPN, The Athletic, and also The New York Times, Mark Stein, uh, are, are the three um, uh, outlets that I got a lot of this information from. So, Mike, uh, so, some main takeaways from what's getting reported right now. Uh, the, the NBA is targeting a pre-Christmas date of December 22nd to restart next season or to begin next season should I say brand new it's going to be a shorter season which will be 72 game season uh, losing about 10 games off the calendar if it happens Uh, and likely because uh, uh, of the situation you know in different states where the teams are located they want to start without fans and because of what we can see nationwide what's going on with the pandemic it's getting a little bit worse right now we're starting to see a surge nationwide Uh, they're probably not going to have any fans to start the year uh, in in, in arenas Um, they are because they're they're losing 10 games in the season they they do want to keep that that play in tournament so that's something that, that did very well for them in the bubble. And that was a lot of fun to watch, especially if you're a Spurs fan, you know, to see the Spurs go, I think it was like 6-2 and two or 5-3, and three, whatever their record was. They did very well. And you saw the teams like the Phoenix Suns who went 8-0. and So that was a lot of fun. So they want to keep that, that type of format in uh, in this new season coming up. But because of that, and because of the shortened season, they're going to have to most likely get rid of the All-Star break. So we probably won't have an All-Star break. The teams will get to a two-week break, most likely, in the middle of the season at some point. Just to let the players and, and the teams, you know, rest and, and uh, follow that through. Then the uh, NBA does want to get back to a more normal uh, calendar NBA calendar. So what they want to do is try to get the finals finished up pretty quickly in the summer. That way, if any star players want to go play with, uh, in the Olympics uh, with team USA, if they make the roster, they would go to Japan next summer uh, to, to be able to participate. And also there's a lot of international players that that applies to as well. Um, uh, So that that would, so if they can get back to the summer months, they would be able to have their normal off season with like, you know, the, the free agency and all that stuff in the, in the, in the summer months. And then, you know, they would hopefully start back in October, the following year of 2021 for the following season. Um, the draft is approaching within, within the next few weeks on November 18th. That is, that is secure. That's a, that's a very secure date that's going to happen on November 18th. There isn't a free agency date yet, but we're going to talk about in our second topic some, some rumors that are out there about when that's going to begin. And then, um, there, there's a rumor that maybe if they agree to a December 22nd season, then, uh, training camps could begin as, as quickly as December 1st. Uh, and then the last thing is that the schedule that's being developed right now is that the, they're, they're trying to make a priority stay within markets. So like, uh, let's say you, you have a, you have a game against the Knicks. Well, then if you're going to play the Knicks, they want you to play the, the Nets as well since you're already in the New York area. So they're trying to figure out the calendar, how that's going to work, and that's kind of what they want to do is keep it like more regional-based uh, in the areas that, that multiple teams are located. And then lastly, these are just this reporting is just coming off of a meeting between the Board of Governors. So that's all the, the NBA owner uh, team owners that met together on Friday last week. And now, remember, if they do get anything on paper, they have to get an agreement with the NBA Players Association. So both sides have to mutually agree in order to, to, kick, to, to restart uh, a new season. So, Mike, I know that's a lot of information. What are your thoughts about uh, basketball returning? Yeah, I mean,
1: it's funny because, you know, we talk, we've talked about when it could possibly come back, but then when you see draft coming back as soon as, uh, you know, a few weeks away, it's just like, okay, yeah, that's coming pretty quickly. And then uh, pre Christmas Day start, I mean, that, that's, you know, that's all just around the corner. Uh, I like the idea of a 72 game season. I think that's, that's good. I think the whole the no fans thing is. Is uh, I think that's important, and I think the bubble uh, in Orlando proved that you know you could still have like entertaining games without having fans there, and obviously, you want to stay safe because I feel like the NBA has done the best job of the uh major leagues. You know, we've, we've seen uh, we saw MLB have a lot of um, uh, cases, and then NFL lately has we've seen more and more in the NBA. Um, while they're there, I don't think they reported ever, like, one, uh, one positive result, so, um, uh, so I think that's that's the way to go, that's really good, I mean, it's gonna be kind of, kind of strange to see, um, you know, obviously some of these, it's, this time, like, crunch or whatever, and it just seems like, I don't know what that leaves as far as, like, time for bodies to heal up and stuff like that, and, and, uh, I mean, especially teams that played in the, um, in the finals or deep playoffs, that's a quick turnaround. They're not. They're usually not used to that, so there's not going to be any kind of long. I mean, there's you can't really go to, uh, and enjoy a, a long vacation anyway. But there's not a lot of time uh, for that. But at least that two week break is going to be good. Um, and uh, yeah, the whole the, the thing with the scheduling. I mean, I just think that that's just smart. I, I, obviously, I mean. I feel like having it in one place, I mean, they had to do a lot of scheduling things, and the scheduling didn't always work out because, you know, there were games during the day and stuff like that, but if they can do that and be smart about it and make sure that teams kind of try to stay in the same areas and aren't traveling, like, coast to coast, then that definitely um, helps. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely a lot, but they're, you know, it looks like they're, making some good decisions so far. And uh, I- I'm also a fan of the whole playing tournament. I feel like that really changed things because usually the end of the season, uh, is is kind of, you know, teams start resting, especially at the top, resting players. The games aren't as important. But for, like, the when you're playing and you have, like, you know, you can have, like, four teams, you know, at the bottom of the Western East that are really jockeying for position, that playing tournament was really important. And even though, like, Phoenix you know was undefeated i mean they still couldn't get in so uh mm-hmm. anyway it, it's it's just a definitely an interesting twist that i like so it'll be cool to see that another year
0: yeah, and I think one thing that, that, that you noted there with the play-in tournament was that we did see that like a lot of teams didn't want to tank. You know, we saw teams like the Spurs, like Phoenix, uh, that uh, you know the Grizzlies too could keep their what well, they were trying to keep their their slot as well. Where like you know they knew that if they if they got into this, the playoffs, they would have lost their you know they would have fallen back in the draft order. They would have got a, basically a worse pick. But they were still going for it. Phoenix was going for it. San Antonio was going for it. These teams were actually trying to get into the playoffs. And I think that's the cool thing is that you're not going to see as much tanking uh, in a, in a season even if teams start off pretty bad uh, pretty pretty bad uh, to start the year because again, they have that plan tournament to look forward to if they can stay within a certain number of games. And I, and I like the way the NBA approached that of saying, you know, if you're within six games, you, you qualify for that. And, and, and there's some other thing, something else you brought up pretty, that's very important, Mike, is the fact that like some teams are in different places right now. You know, we have the teams from the lottery that didn't play at all in the restart to so like golden state, you know, um, Atlanta, some of those teams uh, that stayed behind uh, since March, they haven't played basketball, you know, organized basketball. I know, that, I know that they did some like in, like in in town uh, types of like training camps for those teams, but again, it's not the same thing as real games. Like these other teams got to play uh, in the bubble environment, and then you, and I and I think like like you mentioned, like the teams that went to the finals or went to the conference finals, those teams are going to be a little bit more exhausted to have to if they have if they come to an agreement um, on December first to have to resume the season. Um, so yeah, so again, Spurscast listeners, we'll will we'll basically follow you know the reporting of, of what's going on there uh, in terms of remember. There has to be a mutual agreement between the NBA PA, the player association, plus the the board of governors. So both sides have to agree in order for there to be an actual deal, uh, to, to come through, uh, on, on terms of when, when next season will start. Uh, the next topic I want to discuss, Mike is free agency is approaching. Um, there's been no hard date set just yet, but uh, it could be. What, what we're hearing most is that it's going to be right after the draft, pretty quickly, a few days after. So uh, the draft is on November 18th. I know Mark Stein of, of of the New York Times reported that it could be as early as November 21st or 22nd. I heard Bobby Marks from ESPN.com uh, report on on a podcast uh, or, or just say on a podcast that uh, it could be you know November 20, 22nd or 23rd. I think the best way to, to understand this sports is that Thanksgiving week is most likely going to be free agency. It's going to be like July for for free agency, but instead we're be doing that during thanksgiving week so that'll be get ready you know ha- have some time ready and that's good that's coming during the holidays so so um you know most of us should, should be at home and stuff so so um so be ready for that. It'll, it'll be kind of fun. Just Thanksgiving week and say we're doing, we're doing all of the trades and, and the free agency signings and where's the rumors coming from. So uh, that, that's kind of what it looks like right now. Uh, once the deadline is set for for free agency, all the off season dates do kick in. So for the Spurs perspective, there's some very important dates once they actually do get a date uh, for the first thing is a uh, DeMar DeRozan who has that $27 million player option. Uh, he would have about five days before the the, 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 the free agency date begins to, to de- decide whether or not he's going to, um, uh, um, jump into the deal or um, decline and become an, an unrestricted free agent. So there's there's a big option for DeMar. Uh, players like that are, can become restricted free agents like Jacoperto, Quindary, Weatherspoon, Drew Eubanks, the Spurs would have to tender them a qualifying offer to make them restricted free agents by uh, the day before the um, the free agency date gets set. So that's about, again, Thanksgiving week most likely. Uh, also, the Spurs have to figure out what they want to do um, in terms of if they want to waive Trey Lyles or keep him on the roster for next season. And again, that date has to come in right before the free agency date. And then there's also some players who most likely their 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 um deadlines would be in mid December for guys that are on non-guarantee contracts like Chemezi, Metu, and Tyler Zeller where their dates are a little bit further so they they are going to probably be in um about I'd say about mid December. Also, Derek White, even though he's not a free agent, the Spurs can extend him uh, beginning on that free agency. So again, we might see Derek White get an extension on um on a uh, if, if the Spurs and, and and his camp would like to um, uh, continue that you know working together uh, long term uh as as a partnership. Um, so Mike, I, I know those are just some things uh just some some early things that that's going on with the free agency. What do, what do you think about that?
1: So this is one of the things that I liked about like I like about like a compressed offseason is the free agency period. These guys are gonna have to like make decisions like quick. You can't like, you kind of wonder like if, if it feels this kind of situation if the whole more Morris what would happen. Like feels this 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 off season instead. You know, like i have had the time to do that. Not only that, but last off season, I mean, everybody was waiting for Kawhi. I was like the one piece that needed to mm-hmm. you know they need to find out where he was going, and then everything else fell in place. You really don't have a lot of time to make that happen, so. Players are going to have to, you know, probably already be thinking hard about, you know, who they want to play for and, and making decisions as far as I think, especially uh, in the Toronto situation, is, you know, what's what's best for them. In, in his case, I, I think obviously opting in is, and I think a lot of other players that maybe uh, might have opted out might be uh, willing to play another year, you know, some, somewhere just so that they can secure whatever contracts, you know, they have in place instead of taking a gamble on the free uh, free agency and and the market, you know, whatever their market value is at that time. So um, that part's going to be interesting. Obviously, the the Spurs uh, will have some decisions to to make. Uh, I think um, the whole – I I, I really don't see Tremendu or Zeller coming back, really, Mm Uh, the whole, you know, you know, I know we're going to talk about that some more, but that thing is going to be, that's going to be really interesting, I think, because just because the Spurs have not uh, spent a lot on big money for like, when, when it's like some uh, player has, like, an offer to, you know, make a certain amount, they have not been too willing to to sign those players. I mean, uh, you know, Baines is one example, but one's is another example. They're like, okay, you know, they give them a chance to go and earn their money, so Uh, fertile is going to be interesting now that he's played two years and what they see in him so uh, you know a lot of pieces are going to have to fall really quickly so so I think I'm going to enjoy watching that and I'm sure Thanksgiving week when everybody's sitting at home and phones are going to be going crazy so uh, that that'll be interesting way to to bring in that holiday
0: yeah, for sure. You know, you know, for for me, just you know, being at home, it's gonna be fun just to you know be involved with free agency and, and and be able to see all the rumors and things like that. So so we'll definitely cover it here at Project Spurs. Um, you know, with free agency approaching, Mike, uh, you know, they're starting. We're starting to see some salary projections coming out for for these Spurs free agents, like you mentioned. Uh, and so one 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 um one article that recently came out was by Bobby Marks on ESPN Plus, where he he provided some 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 starting salaries for the Spurs players, free agents, and, and where they kind of project to be if they signed a multi year deal. So I wrote a piece on Project Spurs called the the, uh, the the react and it's and it's about these salary pieces so if you want to read that over in product stores make sure you check that out but i just want to cut, quickly go through this a little bit mike uh with you so uh we, we start off with demar Derozan. rosen um his market i mean his uh, starting salary should be about 22 to 24 million again as, as i mentioned um the only two ways he gets that money is if he resigns with the spurs if he declines his his um, player option and then signs with with another team that has cap space, uh, you know that twenty two to twenty four million. But there could be only maybe like four teams that have that that amount of cap space. And then the the third option for him would be to um, to decline his option with the Spurs, but then uh, re sign with the Spurs and then uh, seek a trade. So a sign a trade deal with the team that's over the cap. Uh, what do you think about this number for DeRozan at twenty about twenty two to twenty four million?
1: I mean that that seems like obviously you know it's the number's gonna go down or you know the um you know side so I think that's pretty accurate because then mm-hmm. like his current um option is like somewhere around twenty seven so yeah mm-hmm. I can definitely see that going on that and that's why I think I think he opts in just because I mean you know it's it's a it's not a, a drastic difference, but to a player you know i'm I'm sure yeah. uh you know it makes some difference for sure
0: yeah I agree with you I think he's going to end up opting, in, opting into that 27 million and then, and then when we get to our third topic we'll see there's going to be some routes he can take if he does opt in uh, in terms of, of where, where you know continuing playing with San Antonio the next player is uh, Brent Forbes uh, his starting salary on a multi-year deal is projected to be about four to six million so it's a little bit north of the um, of the, of the veteran minimum uh, what do you think about Forbes Mike uh, you know the, the case for here for him is that the Spurs can resign him in two ways uh, if he were if they did want to resign him we don't know that we don't have any reporting right now that says that they want to uh, bring him back so um, so, so the two ways are one, they could just use his bird rights to resign him, sign him over the cap, or two, they could um, they could offer him part of their mid level exception, which they should have the full mid level exception if uh, if most uh, of their off season moves go go according to plan. Um, and just remember about Forbes, Spurs cast sisters. You know, he played for the bulk of the season prior to the pandemic. He was a starting shooting guard, but then as we saw in the bubble, there was a, there was an injury for him. But then really, um, he he never really played in the bubble because of due to that injury. But again, we don't know if he would have gotten those minutes had he been healthy. Because again, Lonnie Walker's getting a lot of minutes. We saw keldin johnson really emerged and then um also Derek white started next to Dejounte murray in the front court i mean in the backcourt should i say so what do you think about that that number for forbes mike at four to six million
1: yeah i mean honestly i mean ben forbes has been like criminally underpaid for what he's done the past couple of years and i still feel like i know that most of the fan base would be fine with him not being back but when you start to try to fill out a roster and i was just talking to someone on twitter earlier and they're talking about okay is what we, the Spurs need, and they also probably need to get a shooter. I'm just like, okay, well, but are you going to find another shooter uh, in this range? You know, why not just stick with the guy you already got, and you can go over the cap to to sign? Because then it becomes about, you know, like you said, they've got to use part of the you know the mid level, or or uh, they've got to find another way to, to to sign a free agent. I feel like, you know, that that's still a pretty value for him and, and what he does I mean you know obviously I, I think that starting we put, he might not come back and start but off the bench as a shooter I think that's that's fine you know so um, but again it for I think for as far as it's kind of depend a lot on obviously tomorrow and then uh, Jakob and. Then once those two pieces, you know, are, are they have some sort of a decision on those two, and they can move move, and that will probably affect uh, uh you know, wherever he's going to go or if he's going to stay after that.
0: Yeah, I, I think that, you know, his shooting does reflect why he would probably get his market would be a little bit more than the the veteran minimum is the fact that you know he is he is a known shooter in the market uh that 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 teams know about, you know, and the Spurs know about obviously. Um you know, despite his his, his def- uh, deficiencies on defense and so that is something they got to look at, you know, cuz if they let him walk, well then they had they had the ability to re-sign him using his bird rights and so so that's something that we got to watch even though it looked like, you know, had had he maybe he been healthy, I don't think he, I don't know if he would have been that big part of the rotation in in the restart as we saw. So let's kind of see what happens with Brent Forbes, uh, next player, Marco Bellinelli, um, his you know veteran player now. He's been at the league I think thirteen years. Uh, his projected market is at about the, the veteran minimum or a little bit north of it? So two to four million is the range. Um, you know with the Spurs we saw that that he was he was basically starting to lose his minutes and his role. Um, you know he was constantly before the pandemic he was always like jostling with Lonnie Walker the fourth to see who would get those backup minutes um, off the bench at the three or the two. And then as we saw in the bubble he he and like Lonnie and then also Calvin Johnson uh, those two players the younger players were obviously put put ahead of him in the in the um, rotation. So. Um, um, what do you think about Marco's um, market right here from 2 to 4 million
1: yeah I mean I, I think Marco's probably a minimum player for the, re- for the rest of his career uh, you know I think his last contract I think he signed part of the mid-level with uh, mm-hmm. the Spurs so I think that you know that was like, his, his last or you know at, at least at that level I think minimum was right where he should be but uh, again, before the the bubble, you know, I would have said, okay, I'll probably think about keeping him around. Now, since it seems like some of the younger guys they get them some some minutes and they did pretty well, you know that. Then yeah, you're starting to see, well, is there a log jam there? And and um, so I'm not, sure, you know, I I I think that he might be uh, one player that may not make it back next
0: season. I agree too, and I think that maybe if he did try to get that four million, I think that maybe like a, a playoff team, a team that needs a shooter um, off the bench, uh, maybe they, they would be they that be the kind of team that maybe gives them a little bit of their, of their mid level exception or whatever kind of exception they have. I think maybe to get him a little bit north of the veteran minimum. But but I agree with you. I don't I don't see him coming back to the Spurs right as of right now. Uh, the next player, um, you know, that Spurs like you mentioned earlier about this this player, uh, Jakob uh His range is kind of where we were projecting, which is about that mid that full mid level range. So it's about eight to 10 million which is basically the mid-level is about 9.3 so so that's exactly where uh, uh the spurs can offer him uh, either their mid-level or they can use his bird rights to re-sign him but again they can make him restricted free agent which means that he could go seek a, a deal from another team and if he gets that deal within the spurs would have 48 hours to match that that deal um and, and again I, it doesn't look because of this market range it doesn't look like the spurs would get outbid by anyone they would basically just they would be up to them whether or not they want to match that three-year offer from a um from a um an offer sheet and so i think that you you were bringing up some really interesting points about bringing back Jakob. is the fact that like you know uh one thing they have to consider is that is this going to be their starting feature for the next few years because that that eight to ten million whatever he signs for uh that's going to take up some of the cap for the next four years or three years whatever the deal would be for and again they're going to be a team that's going to have a lot of cap space in 2020 the, the next off season not this coming off season 21 22 and so so they, that's going to be a chunk of that that cap space that's gone if uh, if jacob's back and so again he, he's he's a really uh, he's, he's a good center uh he started Started playing really well in the bubble, but we know that when Lamarcus Aldridge is healthy, there's going to be some jostling there for for those minutes between the who's going to play at the five, the majority of the minutes, uh, and so so that and you know Aldridge is a veteran who's on the last uh, year of his deal, and so if they want to make Jakob maybe the the big of the future, well then they would have to make a decision with Aldridge. So so that's something also to keep in mind. Uh, what do you think about Jakob's number here at eight to ten million?
1: I I feel like that's fair just because of what you know the production they've gotten out of him, especially like he said in the bubble. Um, you know, it looked like he. It's almost kind of like since he was, you know, he he played more at that five and and wasn't sharing the front court. It, it's almost like it was kind of like a more natural fit for him or something. So, I I I like that range. I think if it gets to be more than that, that's when the Spurs might say, okay, you know, then they might have to. But again, no matter what what they do, I mean, they're still. It's not like they can just go sign any you know, free agent at that same value. I mean, that's the thing about, you know, being being able to assign your own free agents and using their rights and things like that. So I think, I mean, unless it gets, like, really um, high in a team, but, like, it's like you said, uh, I can't see a team really uh, going too too much farther north of that because uh, they're all, you know, obviously everybody's budgets are going to be a little more constricted.
0: Yeah, for sure. And then the last two players, Mike, who can enter, uh, who will be entering free agency, are um, both of the Spurs as G League players, uh, or two-way players, should I say? um drew uh quindary weatherspoon and drew eubanks now um bobby marks doesn't mention this that you know their salary range but they are below the minimum and then also i um, on wins their their player projection tool uh they're, they're projected to get to get about the minimum so so i think that's a good sign for the spurs because again they can make both of these players weatherspoon and eubanks um restricted free agents which means they would have to go out and find better deals from another team or if not they could just um you know e- take that qualifying offer and remain with the Spurs. So what do you think about the, their range of for, for Weatherspoon and Eubanks?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's good. And I, I, really can't see there being enough tape on, on these guys really for, for them to, to get um, anything that's going to be out outside of the Spurs range. If they're able to get, you know, Eubanks back at the minimum, I think I mean, that's like a no brainer because he played so much better uh, in, in Orlando than he had done all season. and, and I feel like his play kind of made uh, Metu expendable, because he just seemed to to be able to grasp things better and and play with the, you know, the offense uh, a little better and and uh, was able to do just kind of like the easy stuff and just seems like he had a better grasp overall. I mean, also this was really like the first time we had really seen seen him play any decent minutes and some of what um, I think we saw was was you know. It was enough to to warrant keeping him around, especially if they're able to get him at that, you know, keep him at that range.
0: Yeah, for sure. So again, so again, Spurs scouts. This is again this piece. If you want to read the the, the projections, they're over, it's over on Project Spurs called the React, and It's called um, starting salary projections. Uh, just check it out again. And then I just basically give some context to, to those those projections that Bobby Marks provided uh, in that piece, and just kind of the ways that the Spurs could could re these players or or let them walk. Um, the last topic, Mike, we're finally approaching here is. Um, just one that we know that's off season time. When I get this, when this is how I learned about this topic. Um, I was, I was, uh, I, I had a friend, uh, you know, come out come to me and tell me, you know, hey, is it true about DeRozan? Is he really unhappy? And I'm like, I'm like, what? And then, and then, so then, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I start, I start looking, and of course, you know, on Twitter, and there's this quote by DeMar DeRozan that he's that he doesn't like being in San Antonio. Some agent said that. I was like, what is going on here? So then, uh, you know, I started talking to you, Mike. Me and you started texting, and we're like, what's going on here? So we knew that it's. We found out it's from the Athletic. So then, of course, I actually had to read the full story so so what happened here let me let me get some context here so what so how, how this rumor came about about DeRozan uh I think it was last week so um the way it happened was uh, the, the athletic wrote this piece where they talked to 20 anonymous uh, NBA agents okay so so NBA agents 20 of them and, and all their their answers were, were anonymous they didn't want to be put on the record uh these agents for, for their responses so then um you know these agents were given a bunch of different questions I think it was about 12 different questions and so they were um asked to just you know about different things about um, the offseason and how it's approaching and certain players that are going to be entering free agency well anyway one of the questions that, that gets asked is oh, you know who's who's a ho- one of the highest profile players that you expect to change teams and then um de did get a vote from one of the agents i think 0.5 votes was it was a number on in the piece okay and then one agent again just one agent anonymous agent said this quote to to, to the writer or the writers whoever wrote this for the athletic uh demar doesn't like san antonio and doesn't want to be there so that was it just that one sentence got you know just made headlines uh in, in spurs um twitter and, and so that's how it, it obviously got to me at some point um last week and so then uh that one rumor um did come out and even demar you know i guess it got to some headlines because demar even had to had to address it where he, he refuted it on instagram according to um our, our project spurs writer um josh paredes he put it he's he i don't have instagram so like uh josh has instagram so he, he says that demar did refute that he, he put some, some some instagram posts about it that, that same day uh that it came out, so um, you know, I I just want to, you know, uh, again, it's this this quote is coming from one agent. Um, we I just want to look at both sides of this of this rumor. Um, let's first take take it. Let's just say that Demar wasn't happy in San Antonio. He doesn't like being there. So think about it from his perspective. Um, you know, he is a veteran. He's probably trying try, trying to get as far as he can in the playoffs. And we've seen that that the Spurs have slowly started to. to to transition, while with the veteran squad toward a more youth movement, we saw that in the bubble with Kelvin Johnson getting a lot of minutes, Dejounte Murray, Derek White, Perto, a lot, a lot of these young guys started to get some minutes. Lonnie Walker the fourth, so so maybe uh, he doesn't like where his roles at. Where like you know they're they're trying to give the keys a little bit to to the younger guys as well, while still trying to keep some of the, the veteran core players. So there could be some some truth to that that maybe he doesn't like his role or the situation that he's in. Uh, but the other part, the other side of it is that man, there, there's like you mentioned, Mike earlier, there's twenty seven million dollars on the table here for him to decide on if he if he really doesn't like being a spur, well then he could just make that choice, uh, you know, before the, before free agency starts to so just declining the player option and he can sign wherever he wants. But again, there's $27 million there that he has to decide on it. If he wants to stay, well then he could opt in. And then if he still doesn't like being a spur, well then he could, he could ask for a trade. And that's the way that they could look at, at, at moving him to a team, uh, that, that had interest. But again, we don't know if it's true. Uh, this is in a, uh, DeRozan did kind of refute it with his Instagram post. So, so what did you make of this rumor Mike? <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's the trouble with anything, like, like, attributed to an anonymous source is that obviously you can't hold them accountable for what they say. Uh, and so people kind of really just say whatever they want. And that that's why, like, if anybody ever says something, I, I've had people try to tell me something that they know somebody that knows somebody that said something. And I'm just like, no, like, I'm not going to, like, publish that because it's, it's anonymous unless they want to, like, you know, First, obviously, it's got to have to be somebody with credibility. Second of all, well, I'm not going to publish anything with an anonymous source. So, but that's the nature of these. So I guess with, with the NBA and everything, is when when you know you have bigger names and bigger stories out there. A lot of times, you have to you know uh, some publications have to publish things like this. But to me, it just it it just seems like so like like with Kawhi, that whole thing. The writing was kind of on the wall. There. there was some stuff going on, you know. Obviously, with with the things being said, and um, you know, what the whole kind of hiding out in New York kind of. think there was something there. It was kind of like what I what I said at the time: "If where there's smoke, there's fire." Like tomorrow is that's it's just so opposite of anything he's ever said about the city. And the fan base, and so it just seems so like far fetched to me. I mean, it could be it could be how he feels, but he hasn't made that apparent in any way. And 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 the trouble with this, something like this, people start taking it as fact, and they mm-hmm. start, you know, the whole uh whole news cycle starts on, and then people start uh, reacting based on what somebody else said, even though tomorrow. Did refute it on Instagram, like pretty much directly after um, it starts becoming like like kind of fact, and so that's always like uh, troublesome, just because um, a lot of people are like making up their own narratives and everything. Everybody was like, "Well, it's a you know obviously you know, I can see how he feels that way because the Spurs misused him." And I was talking to people, and they were talking about his his uh, you know where he played. I'm just like, most players aren't going to care. You know, he had to play some three and four. I doubt that's enough to like say he doesn't want to be there because he had to play some three and four uh, (laughs) in the bubble. Uh, So it just seems so weird. It seems like he's been uh, appreciative of of kind of the support he's gotten in San Antonio. He's talked about uh, being excited to play with like Keldon Johnson and some of the younger guys that he got to play in the bubble. So. That's why it's just it's it's so weird it it was so it just seemed like kind of like out of left field on this one because i just didn't i just don't haven't seen anything and then you know obviously he's gonna have to, he would have to lose some some money on the table to be able to do this and I can understand where players start getting older and they might want to make that run but uh, you know it's it's just it's hard to take anything serious uh, when there's never been any other kind of signs before.
0: Yeah, and I think one thing that that piece mentioned the yeah, the athletic piece of you know if you, if you read the whole thing was that like a lot of the players with with, with player options north of twenty million they're not going to take a chance this offseason, season in the middle of a pandemic with with the, the the NBA expected to lose a lot of money this from from what happened in the loss of revenue uh, uh, I don't think that any players are actually going to be declining a lot of these big ex, um, um, player options like um, I think Andre Drummond's a player who, who already said verbally that he's probably that he's going to um, you know uh, accept his his player option or or. or uh, um, not decline it and then I think DeRozan's probably going to be in that same position again. You know, if, if these rumors are true, DeRozan has all the power right now to make that decision because he he does have the player option to decide on It's it's, it's his choice right now. Now, if he if he opts in, and then he's like I mentioned, if he's still not happy, well then he can start talking to his agent, and they could start talking to Spurs about let's see if there's any trade trade possibilities. But again, uh, right now you know it, the, the the control isn't is in his, in his hands uh, in terms of what he wants to do with that player option. That's the first you know kind of domino that needs to fall in terms of w- what's going to happen. So again, you know right now at the end of the day, uh, I remember also I think it was before the pandemic started, uh, wasn't there like a, like a clip on TV or like where a reporter said that that DeRozan was thinking about declining his player option or something like that, and, and then yeah. DeRozan uh, kind of refuted that night of the game. He, like said something like like he's like said you know yeah so, so yeah so he's, he's actually always comes out whenever these rumors come out and he, he, he will refute them uh so again uh it's up to him and his agent you know what what are they seeing you know do they like being in san antonio does he like being in san antonio w- what are they looking at in terms of is there a market for him if he were to decline the player option are there teams with cap space that might want to sign him or are there teams that maybe um, are over the cap that have interest in him that maybe if he declines his, his player option maybe he could get the spurs and that team to work out a sign and trade deal so there are some possibilities but again you know we kind of just got to wait on, on time here to find out what's going to happen and again what he and his agent are kind of looking at the the landscape in terms of do they want to remain with San Antonio for another year under that 27 million dollars or look for other options uh, in terms of getting moved so we'll basically see what time here what's going to happen again that first that first domino that first day to fall will be his his player option that he does need to decide on whether or not he's going to he's going to pick it up or if he's going to decline it and become an unrestricted free agent because then at that point well then he can just leave uh, to to any team that he wants to so we'll kind of see what happens but again make sure like whenever these these kind of rumors uh, come out make sure that you just read the whole piece that it came from the original source and just kind of get the, the that the the um you know find out the full context of, of what these what these rumors have in, have in detail. All right, so so thank you, Spurscast sisters for joining us here on the Spurscast episode 568. Uh, just a quick uh, f- a few quick um, promotions before we we head out of this episode. Make sure you're, ch- you're checking ProjectSpurs.com. We are starting to ramp things up over there now that the um now that the draft's coming, now that off season's about to begin here with free agency and the next season's coming pretty quickly. Uh, uh, one of the latest pieces by Jonas Clark is called "Is 2020 2021 a Make or Break Year for Lucas Simonich? Um, I also had a piece on the on an update on the Spurs' off season, so uh, make sure you check that out. And then also Benjamin Bornstein had a had a piece, uh, just looking at some some options the Spurs could could look at in terms of the draft uh, if they were to make a trade, any kind of potential trade with Boston if they were to try to make a, a, a trade with the Celtics. Well, then uh, Ben looks at some some prospects they could they can maybe take uh, with the. Um, with any um, um, picks that the Celtics were to trade to the Spurs. But again, that's just uh, something Ben's just kind of pondering and looking at it in, in a scenario. So thanks again to Mike for joining me here on SpursCast, on this SpursCast episode, and also for, uh, for producing this episode. From all of us at Project Spurs, stay safe and have a great day.